Welcome to The Trauma Room, a podcast that triggers. We will discuss all things traumatic here, mental health disorders, movies, TV shows, love, life, etc. Will the topics trigger some? Of course they will, but to get past the trauma, you will have to get to the room. Thanks for listening. What's up, guys? So on this exploration of narcs on deck, trying to figure out or just talk about narcissistic personality disorder and the different things that people that are involved with them have to deal with, this time we'll be talking about traumatic bonding and soul ties, which are both triggering and both are controversial. So let's get into it. So traumatic bonding. Traumatic bonding occurs as a result of ongoing cycle of abuse in which the intermediate reinforcements of reward and punishment creates powerful emotional bonds that are resistant to change. So a trauma bond is essentially the process through which you begin to confuse abusive behavior for love. You're drawn to that partner, not because you're meant to be together, but because you're both wounded in a specific way. In healthy love, your affection for one another grows over time. The emotional attachment develops out of a repeated cycle of abuse, of devaluation and positive reinforcement. The trauma of the abuse might create powerful feelings you struggle to make sense of, especially when the abuse alternates from kindness and intimacy. So trauma bonds are basically it's like Stockholm Syndrome, like If you got kidnapped, stay with your kidnapper for so long that when you were rescued, you were like, I don't want to leave because this is my home. This is what I'm familiar with. This is who I am. Like, I have to be with my kidnapper because they've been everything to me. So I can't just leave now. And then what are they going to do without me? Like, if I'm not with them, then what are they going to do? And it's like, excuse me, ma'am, we're trying to rescue you from being kidnapped but they can't see that. They're like, I'm not kidnapped anymore. What are you talking about? And so it can be, you know, wolf, a family member, a friend. Uh, You can have a traumatic bond with anyone, really. And traumatic bonding occurs when a narcissist repeats a cycle of abuse with another person, which fuels a need for validation and love from the person being abused. The narcissist will condition someone into believing that these toxic behaviors are normal. I would say amen to that, but I don't want to agree with that, but that is the truth. (laughs) So narcissists will definitely make abuse seem normal. And it's just a cycle It includes a love bombing where they're like hyping you up to be the best thing ever. You're beautiful. You're this, you're that. I can't live my life without you. And that's the validation part. And then when they devalue you, like you're not worth my time. I have other time. I need my time for other things. You're you're not understanding who I am as a person. That's when they devalue you. And then... The bonding occurs where you look for validation from that person because they, because you thought that's where it existed. And the reality is, no, you don't look for validation from anybody. Like in anything in your life, 
it's good for people to be able to, you know, critique like, hey, you did this or that and you need to work on it. But you don't look for validation from anybody. Because once you start looking for validation from someone, that is so easily where you can create a bond with them where you, you need them. And it's it's just all toxic. And it's so strong because it goes through periods of intense love and excitement followed by the periods of abuse, neglect, and mistreatment. And so it's just a cycle because you're constantly in like this feedback loop of, okay, yes, they just said I was trash, but they just said I was great too. How can I be both things at the same time? You can't. You're either trash to someone or you're you're the love. And it's all about like maintaining a healthy relationship, but narcissistic people do not know how to maintain a healthy relationship at all. They don't have one with themselves, so they definitely don't have one with people. There are seven stages of traumatic bonding. But before I go into that, yeah, there are several stages of uh, traumatic bonding. And so the stages of traumatic bonding, the first one is love bombing which I talked about previously in my podcast was love bombing. The next stage is trust. So love bombing, they shower you with excessive love and flattery and appreciation in order to gain your attention. The second one is trust and dependency. They do everything to win your trust and make you depend on them heavily for love and validation. This is definitely true. When I say they will, like, whatever song that is, I will cross the ocean for you. Like, they will try to make it seem like they are doing everything for you. Like, they will, and that gains your love. Like, don't you guys see this person is, like, going above beyond for me? And it's not that they're going above and beyond for you. They're going there so ultimately they can manipulate you so you have to love them and validate and have validation from them. Criticism is number three. They gradually start criticizing you. So remember when I was like love bombing and they'd be like, oh, you're beautiful. But then they're like, oh, you're beautiful the way you are. So, you know, the Bible talks about not getting your ears pierced. So you shouldn't get your ears pierced. Or... You're beautiful the way you are, but I think you should only wear your hair in this hairstyle, especially because this is how people wore it in the Bible. So they gradually start criticizing you. They blame you for things and become more demanding. Or I need you to read your Bible more because you're just feeling really lukewarm to me. Gaslighting. When things go wrong, they tell you that it is your fault. They make you doubt your own perception and manipulate you into believing their narrative. Five, resigning to resigning to control. You no longer know what to believe, but your only way of experiencing that good feeling of stage one is by giving in and doing things their way. I remember this where <laughs> I clearly was doing this, where the love bombing was over. They were criticizing me, so I would pretend to go along with what they said just so I would be in their good graces. Like, oh, you're right. You're so right about everything the Bible says. 
You're such a good leader in this relationship. I appreciate you. All the time knowing I'm being sarcastic so they can be like, oh, that's what I want to hear. I love that you're understanding what's going on now. And then six, a loss of self. When you fight back, things get worse. You settle for anything to have some peace and make the fighting stop. You lose all your confidence. That is so true. Like when you fight back, it's just so taxing. It's like, okay, whatever, I give up. And number seven, you get addicted to the highs and lows. Your body is on a constant cortisol high, which is stress, and craves dopamine that is pleasure. This creates a cycle of dependency that feels like you're a drug addict because you are. More signs of being in a traumatic bond with someone. A pattern of non-performance. The person probably constantly promises you things, constantly lets you down. You feel that you don't even like or trust a person anymore but can't leave. Your friends and family have advised you against a relationship but you stay. Others seem disturbed by things that happen to you but brush it off. You have tried to leave but it's made you physically ill like you will die or your life will be destroyed if you do. You know the person is sometimes abusive and destructive, but you focus on the good in them. This is so true as well. Like, I remember times where it was just like, I truly felt like I could not live with this person. Like, I would die if they were not in my life. Like, I would physically lay down and die and be in the grave the next day, (laughs) which I'm here now, so... Obviously, that was not the case, but that's what it feels like when, like, you're so in, like, this chemical state of dependency on someone else. And, like, you know the person is abusive. You even might say or tell them, but you're like, I still love them and maybe they will change. You feel protective about the person because of their difficult past or their childhood and find yourself caring for them in spite of their abuse. You know that you are being manipulated, but you're often in denial and block it out quickly to forget. Their relationship is intense and inconsistent. You do everything to please them and are unconditionally loyal while getting nothing but heartbreak in return. This is, oh my good gracious, this is, yes. Very intense, very inconsistent. Oh, it's so intense, but then you break up with someone. Then two years later, you come back and it's intense again. Then you break up with them. And then you're like, am I going to date other people? Well, no, because they're, they're, they'll be back. They're, they're coming back because they ultimately love me. They say things you want to hear to resolve issues. I will prove my love to you. Life is impossible without you. You are driven to the point of self-destruction and possibly even harbor thoughts of self-harm. Traumatic bonding can occur because of childhood unresolved past trauma. Because of its addictive nature, it can be difficult to break free of your own. It is recommended that you seek the support of a psychotherapist or a recovery expert. Both women and men can be victims of a traumatic bond. And the first step toward breaking free of a traumatic bond is recognizing it, reconnecting with reality, and then deciding to leave. Which, the deciding to leave part is definitely hard. But here's another example. A child experiences abuse and rejection plus love growing up. The child associates love with abuse. The child learns to shut down their feelings. 
The child blames himself when bad things happen. The child internalizes that love hurts or is hard. The child grows up to meet a partner who is abusive emotionally, physically, or psychologically. The adult shuts down their feelings and needs. The adult blames himself for their partner's behavior. The adult strives to be good enough for their partner. The partner reinforces this attachment by alternating between kind acts and rejection. Adults make excuses for their partner and is subconsciously trying to feel good enough for their parents. I would definitely say when you recognize a traumatic bond, it most likely does come from something in your childhood that didn't get resolved that is now on display in your adult relationships. I can definitely say that's true. And this like not thinking you're good enough is definitely like what comes out. Like you want to be so good for your partner, but then if they're narcissists, that is, you'll never be good enough for them. You'll never be their full fulfillment. And then on top of that, if they add spiritual abuse to that, then you're not going to be good enough for them, which in turn makes you feel like you're not good enough for God, which is definitely not true. So the some examples of traumatic bonding versus authentic bonding. Traumatic bonding will say, fix me, save me, validate me. While authentic bonding is learn me, see me, hold space for me, all of me. Trauma bonding is chaotic, unpredictable, and a roller coaster of emotions. Authentic bonding is steady, safe, consistent, showing up for each other without question. Trauma bonding is you complete me. You're my other half. You're my soulmate. When authentic bonding is you enhance who I already am. I don't need you to complete me. Trauma bonding is I betray myself, all my needs to receive love. Authentic bonding is I do the work to meet my own needs first. Traumatic bonding is my relationship mirrors the patterns of my childhood experiences. Authentic bonding is my relationships are based in freedom, accountability, and peace. Some more traumatic bonding, I need you, I'm addicted to you. Authentic love, I see, I hear you. Traumatic bonding, highs plus lows equal nervous system activation. Authentic love is mutual trust, predictability, words align with actions. Traumatic bonding is emotional phobic, but highly sexual possibly. Authentic is emotionally vulnerable and open to communication. Traumatic bonding enables behavior that is harmful, deceitful, or abusive to receive love. Authentic love has clear boundaries, free of self-betrayal, values, accountability. Traumatic bonding, partners attempt to mold and control each other. Authentic love, partners do inner work to hold space to grow and evolve. So with traumatic bonding, it's never enough. It's never enough and like... It's incessant, obsessive, and focus on another person with fear of abandonment. I can tell you, like, I definitely struggled with fear of abandonment. Like, this person's going to leave me, and if they leave me, I will be nothing. Which is such a such a horrible place to feel. Lack of boundaries, emotionally ad- addictive, feeling like you're the chosen person, fear of the person reaction, like, denying or hiding harmful behavior. A strong desire to be comforted by the person. That's the thing too. A strong desire to be comforted by the person who's causing the emotional harm. 
it's like this person is harming me, but the only person that can help me is a person that's harming me, which is incorrect. <laughs> a feeling of uh, chronic self-doubt that you might be going crazy by denying your own reality. And that goes back to gaslighting. So traumatic bonding, it's just, especially in a narcissistic relationship, like it's just a feedback loop of love bombing, gaslighting, all the above things. It's a cycle of abuse where it is just not, it's not going to, it's not, it's just going to be a cycle. Especially the abuser apologizes, gives excuses, blames the victim, denies that the abuse ever occurred or say that it wasn't as bad as the victim claims. So it's just, it doesn't work out. And it's just a place where you have to, you have to recognize it. And once you recognize it, there are definitely ways, ways toward moving, moving towards healing. So self-protection through boundaries Learning to self-soothe, peaceful mindfulness. Lowering your tolerance for chaos in relationships and friendships. Developing an awareness of your inherent beliefs around love and relationship. So that means just knowing like what's, what's healthy in love. Detaching others' emotional limitations and actions as a reflection of your worth. Just because this person has issues doesn't mean that you have to. Bonding over shared values, spending time getting to know yourself, your wants, your needs, your own red flags, and your limitations, moving slowly in intimate relationships and acknowledging red flags. I think we don't acknowledge red flags enough. We're just like, oh, it's one red flag. Oh, I'm sure they don't have any more. That's a lie. Or, oh, it's just this red flag. I'm sure it's not that person normally. No, I will tell you, girl, boy, person, if you see a red flag, you should walk away immediately. And that may come off as like, dang, you don't even give people a chance. But it's like that one may f that one red flag may be hints of narcissism that you're seeing. And you don't you don't want to have to deal with that. You really don't. You do not want to have to deal with a narcissistic person for the rest of your life. Cause it's not, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. And it's not, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you anywhere. You lose your free will. Everything in your mind tells you to leave, but you find yourself unable to make any changes. And then the storyline changes where it's just repetitive fights. You have repetitive fights about the same thing over and over. And it never, it's never goes anywhere. You just fight and then the same day, next fight, same time, next fight. It's always the same. So you have to release yourself from these traumatic bonds. And I would definitely say like, it's not easy. So this is definitely not saying like, just get over it. Like you had a traumatic bond with someone. Okay, get over it. No, the first step is recognizing it. And then... Years, years of work, you will realize like, hey, this happened to me and it was a bad situation and I'm no longer in it. And then just learn that you're no longer in it. But I, it's just the traumatic bonding is just like 
look up Stockholm Syndrome. Like, the definition, like, let's take a look at the definition of Stockholm Syndrome. So, the definition of Stockholm Syndrome is a psychological response. It occurs when hostages or abused victims bond with their captors or abusers. Their psychological connection develops over the course of days, weeks, months, or even years of captivity or abuse. These symptoms often follow escape victims back to their previous lives. Like that you don't know how to you don't know how to, you know, move on. And it's just like, yeah, this person was abusive, but I'm okay. Or yeah, this this and this happened. And it's like, no, no. And then, like, someone was saying, (laughs) is Beauty and the Beast Stockholm Syndrome? Which I'm definitely going to elaborate that on another series that I'm going to do. But, yes, Beauty and the Beast is clearly traumatic bonding and Stockholm Syndrome. Because he held her captive against her will and then made her fall in love with him. I mean, granted, he had candlesticks and clocks telling him, like, hey, you should try to holler at this girl while you got her captive. But, I mean, what was even the point of him her hold, him having her captive? It's because her dad picked one of his roses or got too close to him, so you're just going to have her captive, and then she falls in love with you? It's like... Actually, if you look at it, did the beast really do anything? Actually, if you look at it, the beast did love bombing himself. Because before she got there, he was this agitated animal. But as soon as she got there, he's like smiling, cleaning up the place, talking to the birds. I promise you, before she got there, he was like cussing birds out, yelling at animals, telling people to get away. She get there, oh, look at me. I'm this nice beast. And then, like, at the end, he turns into a prince, which is a whole nother topic because we don't need prince in our lives. Princesses or prince, however the abbreviation is. We we don't need them, but that's another day, another time. It's It's crazy, but... Oh, all of it's just, it's just crazy. So the next part of it is just like the nine traits that make you susceptible to like having traumatic bonding. It's just like boundaries. It's just all about boundaries. If you don't have like boundaries or don't understand about boundaries, then... I don't know. Like this quote says, understanding traumatic bonds. Consider consider for a moment two combat victims who were both witnessed and participated in war. The depth of their attachment to each other forms from their shared and deeply troubling experiences, an experience that they knew civilians could never understand. The same can be said for a person that goes through a relationship with a narcissist Many have said that they have never felt such a deep connection to anyone. They call their abuser their best friend or even their soulmate. But the connection does not come from a a reciprocating love, kindness, and trust. It lies in the high emotional charge from trauma shared with both people. So it's not even the fact like 
y'all love each other or the narc loves each other, it's the fact that y'all have such a traumatic bond together that it just feels like no one else will understand it, which there is some truth in that, that no one will understand like your bond with that person, the way that person will. But if they were just a normal person and didn't have a personality disorder, then maybe there will be some truth to that. Maybe you all could talk or understand that. But since they do, it just always comes from a point where it's going to be traumatic no matter what you do or talk to them because that's that's just the illness that they have. So it's it's damaging. It's damaging to your psyche to be in a traumatic bond with someone. And that, that stuff does not go away. I can tell you however many years later that I've dealt with that, that it does not go away. I was reading an article about Tina Turner and her life is going to be like on HBO. She's doing a special. She's 81 now and she still has PTSD from Ike. And some people may be like, well, that person is gone. And it's like, no, because with PTSD, you're, you're dealing with the past and the emotions that it physically chemically gives you so even like bringing up that person's name can physically induce like flashbacks and traumaticness and then like sometimes you think even ways to cope will be like like I was saying like oh I need to talk to the abuser so I can understand why I'm triggered and it's like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense because the abuser isn't going to be like, yeah, I understand. They're going to abuse you in a new way and then you will have a new thing to be triggered about. So, it, I mean, forever with narcissists, it's always going to be that loop. And I would say, will they change? No, they they won't change. Because they won't get help because they see nothing is wrong because in their eyes, they're the best person that God ever made and something is wrong with you. And you should be ashamed for talking about God's gift of this person like the way you do. I had that happen. That's a true story. I had that happen where they were like, you can't be talking about God's creation like this, but Aren't I part of God's creation too? No, I'm the better part. So I was going to talk about like uh, soul ties <laughs> on this episode as well. Because I feel like it also like combines. But I guess that'd be saved for next time. But I definitely say trauma bonding is it's just it's horrible. It's horrible the way it makes you feel in the moment. Because you just feel like like you can't go on without that person. You feel like you can't go on with them. You feel like it's it's like a movie. Like a bad train wreck of a movie. It's like Romeo and Juliet. Like it's so intense for no reason. And then at the end of it, you're like, did I just die? Because that's how I feel. And... Even with that story, it's like growing up, people are like, oh, Romeo and Juliet is such a beautiful story. How is it beautiful that two teenagers who just met like a couple of days ago 
fall in love with each other supposedly and then because their parents won't let them date because they're on two sides of the story die what's beautiful in that <laughs> like we need to de-evaluate or re-evaluate like what we think love really is or what love should be love should not be obsessive like People don't realize that, but love, love should not be obsessive. Anytime it's obsessive, it's something else going on. Like you can be like in love with someone like, yes, that is in love. But being obsessive where like they're your life and like if they're not in it, you die. Or if they leave, you die. Or if they are in it, but something goes wrong, you die. (laughs) That's that's horrible, and it's just not good. So I'm thankful, like... And then think about it. If they're obsessed with you, do they even have, like, their own life? Like, what are they doing if they're obsessed with you? They're, they're not, they don't. They have their identity in you. So don't, don't, don't believe, like, the hype of obsessive love because, in my opinion, it turns into a traumatic bond. And then you'll have to deal with that the rest of your life. Once again, thanks for listening to The Trauma Room, a podcast that triggers. The next patient will be seen shortly.